Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, Razorback Nation? The Hogs are going to Omaha. Welcome to the Yellow Jacket Drive-In Studio for the fifth episode of the Hog Talk. This is Jacob Davis of Arkansas Hog Pen, and we have Ty of Pig Trail Network. Ty, how you doing tonight, bud? What is going on? I'm in a really good mood, Jacob. Really good mood. Man, I tell you, it's kind of like the feeling that we got last season, or oh, maybe even the time that we were in War Memorial Stadium and and Arkansas had just beaten LSU to uh, get their bid to go to the Sugar Bowl, and we were singing "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Man, I I just want to do like the the hotty toddy dance all over the darn stupid Ole Miss Rebels, and I'm just so excited. Arkansas, they were able to stamp their ticket to Omaha. This is big. This is this is a, an overachievement by Dave Van Horn, wouldn't you think? So, absolutely yeah i mean the guy coming into the year i don't remember where he was picked and obviously there's like 500 college baseball uh sites you know websites and and uh you know just it, just the dot coms alone none of them it seemed like had arkansas favored to do much it's arkansas they're always going to pick us at least in the middle of the pack like that's a bad year for us with especially with david horn in the last several years but yeah nobody Nobody had Arkansas pegged. I don't think anyone even had us going to Omaha. In fact, I don't even think uh, – what's his name on, on D1Baseball.com, the guy that everyone references? Uh, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He's been on. He's been all over radio around here. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. Kindle. Kindle Rogers. Golly, yes. why could I not – totally brain farted. But, yeah, I don't even think he had Arkansas – making uh, regionals. I really don't think he had Arkansas doing much. So, and I could be wrong. I'm sure someone will do a little research and find out that I'm wrong, but I swear I don't remember anyone having Arkansas pegged to do much. And it was, it's so good to do it against Ole Miss. Oh my yeah. goodness. In we my year, in my preseason article, I had Arkansas going 37 and 19. Okay. I was close. I mean, we went wow. 40 and 15, I think. And I think, I think there was – I think we had 70 – I had 78 home runs. I said, okay, yeah, we're going to be a little bit smaller, but I think our home runs are still going to be about the same number. Okay, I think I think it's 75. I think we're at – we're in the 80s right now in home runs hit. That just shows you, okay, you lose all these seniors. You lose Carson Shetty, and you lose, you lose Jared Gates, Eric Cole, so many of these key guys uh, – and here you are again at the same position you were last year with a chance to go to Omaha in game three of the Super Regionals, and Arkansas does it. And they did it in just blowout fashion. I mean, they blew out the Rebels. Anytime you can be an arch rival, an arch nemesis, 
in a in a game, it's big, and it, to it even adds meaning to it when you beat them to go deeper into the postseason. Right. No, you're dead on. Golly, fourth and twenty five. Oh, this was baseball's version of that. Well, maybe not because Arkansas stomped them, but that same kind of satisfaction, you know, after that win, like I just, I don't know, it's so great, especially. You know, we'll talk about this later. We do have, by the way, for those of you listening, we're, we're going to have the one, the only, Mr. War Machine. You know him as the highlight. Well, he's a highlight creator. He's not the highlight creator, who is also actually a Razorback highlight YouTube channel. But War Machine will be on at the end. But uh, like we were talking to him earlier before we started this portion of the podcast, it's just so good to beat Ole Miss at anything. And their fans are you felt like maybe crossed the line with their level of cockiness at bomb stadium and online. Obviously that's going to happen. Social media fans are just going to bring, it brings the worst out in you, you know, but it's still like, it's just that much more satisfying. It's, it's just that more satisfying and, and it was such a wonderful way to, to put a stamp on, on the regionals and Fayetteville. And what a, what a way to for think about this. Isaiah Campbell was phenomenal in that first game. What a way for him to end his his career at Arkansas with a big win and then getting the opportunity to make up for the College World Series and hopefully, you know, get to the get back to the championship game. Whoever whoever it's gonna be against, you wish it was Oregon State. God, I wish they were in the College World Series. I want I want revenge. But you have you have that that portion of it with Isaiah Campbell. You had You've got the first time ever in school history. They're going back to back to Omaha. That's never happened in school history. It's their 10th. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is their 10th time going to going to the college world series. Am I wrong? Cause I Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was, I was looking at it earlier and I thought that it was, I thought it was 10. I know Ole Miss was like five. Yeah. Texas Tech has three. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, most of the teams in the West coast, they have, they have plenty of college world series appearances. And if I saw one, I think it was Cole Kubelik uh, tweeted out earlier. The sec has had more college world series appearances than any other conference yeah. ever in the history of college baseball. Well, that is impressive. They make up half of this bracket in Omaha. Yes, they make four, up four. Half of the Omaha bracket. Four of the eight college world series teams this year are from the sec. And you have Arkansas, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and Mississippi State. Yep. That and, and those, I mean, that's going to be a hard schedule. I mean, wherever the tournament leads us, wherever if we beat or lose to Florida State in the first round, there's there's probably a chance we're going to have to play a conference foe uh, yeah. for uh, to face elimination. I mean, it's just it's just going to be like that, and. Or if you, even if you go on the winner's bracket, you're probably going to face an SEC team. Yeah. That's just that just shows you how great the SEC is right now in baseball, basketball, and football. The big three, you can't beat the SEC in any sport right now. Even in even in track and field right now, Arkansas's women just won their 45th national championship in women's track and field. Yeah, unprecedented amount of success. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, and, and I've said this all along, I, I've said this for a while, even when the SEC was dominant in football a few years back, we felt like it was, everyone else was like a distant second or third. 
even then I thought Arkansas or excuse me, SEC baseball was still the strongest of the, of the sports of the three major sports. And yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. And, and like you said, no matter what happens, you're probably going to, you're going to have to go through an SEC school to, to, you know, get to the championship. Oh, yeah. game. And you may even play an SEC school in the championship game. It's odds are you're going to, it's going to be an SEC school versus somebody there. And, you know, I was looking at our bracket and I, I, Good Lord, I know I'm probably going to catch a little bit of heat for this, but I do feel like we have the easier bracket. Outside of Florida State, who I think will be tough, everything I've everything I've been told and what I've read, and I'm actually in a conversation as we speak with another friend of mine who's uh, kind of a he's not he's he keeps up with college baseball quite a bit, and he's he said, you know, Florida State on our side of the bracket's going to be tough. He feels like they're going to be the toughest, but on our side, it's Michigan. Texas Tech, Arkansas, Florida State, and like you said, the other side with nothing but SEC schools on the other side of the bracket, Auburn, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Louisville. And you know what's interesting about that? About all what's these mat- all these matchups, what's not, a, not a single Pac-12 school in, the, in Omaha. It just shows you UCLA and Stanford. I don't know if they're overrated. It's just so hard. To make it in the postseason, especially in baseball, hitting's got to be right, pitching's got to be right, your fielding has to be right. You have to have all the pieces. And I'm not going to go out there on a limb and say, okay, UCLA and Stanford were just overrated. Look, they were the number one and number two teams in the country for the longest time this season. Yeah. It just shows you how hard it is to get and win in the postseason. Yeah, and – you know, you look at another school that kind of surprised me that didn't make it, which was Miami. But then again, you consider their matchups. But Miami, there for a while, I mean, there were people pegging them to win the whole thing. Like D1 baseball right. could not stay off of Miami. That's all they wanted to talk about was Miami and obviously well, yeah. UCLA. Um, but to me, the biggest surprise of this entire tournament has been, without a doubt, Auburn. Auburn oh, yeah. has been the biggest Surprise! I did not expect them to make it to Omaha at all. I didn't. I think, in fact, I made a bracket on D1Baseball.com. I think I had them eliminated. I don't think I had them past the first round. Um, I had them. I think they played. I think it was. They played North Carolina bracket. Yeah, the the Atlanta bracket, right? Atlanta bracket because they had. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they they were in a in the Georgia Tech bracket and they had to come back. Because they just got dominated by Georgia Tech in one of the games. Mm-hmm. And then they, I think it was a deciding game between them and who was it? Georgia Tech? I think it was Georgia and, Tech. Yeah, I think it was. But every time Auburn's had their back against the wall this year, they've, they have answered and, and, and ended up winning their, uh, winning their games and, and getting into the super regional. And now they're going to the College World Series. That's crazy. But it just First shows you in- how deep the SEC is. Yeah. Yeah, especially if Auburn's making it. I mean, good grief. I think it was first time in like 30 years or something that they've made it. Yeah. To yeah. They're not a baseball school. As far as I know, they're not a baseball school. They're definitely a, a football school. And Well, and, they weren't a basketball school until Bruce Pearl got there. Yeah, he's got them. Oof, that's another. That's another he's got them rolling there. right now. Yeah, they're rolling. But, yeah, Auburn to me was the biggest surprise. They, they came out of that, the uh, Atlanta – the Atlanta uh, series with Georgia Tech, Coastal Carolina, and a Florida A&M, and then they they beat North Carolina. And I real every everyone had North Carolina going to Omaha. 
Oh, yeah. Everyone had Miami oh, yeah. making it, even though they have to go through SEC schools. It just goes to show you, man, you do not bet against the SEC. Like you said, Auburn is – they get their backs against the wall. They come out even harder. Like, they're, they're even – you know, they've just managed to come back. I do think if you're going to ask me, like, who I who, – who of the SEC, the last school that I would pick to actually win it all would definitely be – of all the teams, not just SEC, would be Auburn. I, I think they're going to have a, a rough yeah. go at it. But knock on wood, like I said – I know we've got some superstitious fans out there, and the fact that I said Arkansas has an easy bracket probably gives people a little bit of a – I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure that wasn't a real popular thing to say, but I, I do feel like if I'm looking at the field and if I'm trying to be non, non-biased, you know, because I feel like a biased person would be like, oh, we've got it the hardest, you know. I, I really think we actually have it the easiest. I think our route is the easiest, but – Florida State does worry me. And, and you know what? So does Texas Tech and Michigan, really. Um, Florida, actually, in our bracket, Florida State was the only school to actually go 2-0. Everyone else had to had to play a game three. So Yeah. They're going to be fresh, and they have a deep bullpen. Like, one of the best bullpens in the country. I mean, Florida State, they've been there. They've done that. They have the winningest coach in college baseball history who probably wants to go out on top this season. I mean, I don't understand why I should say probably, but they want to. They want to send him out. So it's going to be a tough matchup. I think Arkansas and Florida State will be one of the more intense matchups, one to keep an eye on in Omaha. And, I mean, just from the pitching stance, I mean, I mean, Florida State's got good pitching. We have Isaiah Campbell. But you know what? we may not have as good starting pitching out of that, outside of that with – with uh, when Nolan and, and Wicklander, but you have Isaiah Campbell. What were you going to say? I was going to say our pitching throughout all regular season, like was the easiest thing for people to pick apart. And I'll admit uh, Wicklander and, and, and Connor Nolan, Connor Nolan, the first half there, like no one thought he would still be a starting pitcher by the end of the year. And oh. he came together and actually got it figured out and turned out to be a pretty darn good freshman pitcher. I think he made, all SEC freshmen, right? Am I right? He, first or second? Yes, team. yes. True, uh, that's I think true. Wicklander did thing. too, actually. I think they both yes. did. I, again, I don't have this in front of me. I don't have that. But, like, you think about that. Think of all the really good pitchers in the SEC and think about how many of them are freshmen. There's a lot of – surprisingly, look at the kid at Vanderbilt. Uh, right. What's his name? Son. John Rocker's son, former Arkansas yes. assistant. His son pitched a no-hitter as a freshman. Um there's some really good Last young night. pitching in this conference. And for those two to be recognized, I know for a fact Connor Nolan was, says a lot. And I think middle relief has been, you know, cops and uh, all, all name anyone in that middle relief. They've all been shaky this year. They have. Oh, yeah. But when, when they really needed to come through in postseason, they have. You can even argue that pitching is what got Arkansas to the Super Regional. I think you can absolutely make that argument. Their hitting did come together, especially in that last game against TCU. But luckily, this series, their pitching had a couple, you know, they had one off day. They had one off day. Connor Nolan yeah. comes out. He gets, you know, he just got kind of bounced around. My dad and I were talking about this earlier. I kind of felt like maybe they yanked him too early. Because the outcome still wasn't any better when they did yank him. And I know Dave Van Horn doesn't have a crystal ball. But still, he came apart. Arkansas's hitting still kind of came back later. And then going yeah. into this game three, my God. You know, Wicklander falls apart. 
they'd yank him early. And I, I, I didn't at that point, I wasn't, I wasn't a skeptic at that point. I thought, no, he had to go. Wicklander is already kind of shaky. He's, he's been known to lose control. He's been known to <laughs> at times hit batters like, and, and get guys on oh, bases. Yeah. They had to make the change and they made the right change. And look how that wound up for Arkansas. Like it was some of the best pitching and, and some of the best pitching. It's really to me, postseason wise, including the SEC tournament, it was the best that our pitching and hitting came together and, and played a complete game all, all postseason. Right. And it was just terrific. Ta. Ta. M V P Cody Scroggins. So, I could not M V P. Yeah. M V P. It was incredible. That was I I did not expect him to do that. I and there's gonna be Razorback baseball purists who are gonna say, no, no, but see Scroggins, he he's capable. We you know I've not seen him pitch like that. That was the best that was the best game he has ever pitched as a Razorback. That was incredible. Half, half of the guys he faced, he struck out. He was having a career day. Something just something that you want to see out of a kid, and he did it. Another MVP was Heston Kerstad, finally bursting out of his just slump that he was having for a while. He was another MVP that today. Was three for four hitting with a home run that he crushed and hit a duck. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, and then opens. And then you have, oh gosh, can we say anything more about Opitz? And I mean, he he's clutch. He knows when he comes when he comes in. I mean, he had the game winner against Mississippi State, I think, to sweep the series. Back. Yeah, when we swept Mississippi State, Opitz was the one that hit the uh, grounder out to right field to in, end up winning the game. I mean, he's these guys have had timely hits this year. He was three for three, Ty. These guys, they showed up and then they came in knowing. I mean, Dave Van Horn had their attention. This has been the best coaching that Dave Van Horn probably has ever had. Why did Maybe he not get? Why was he not given Coach of the Year? They've already handed that award out, right? Am I crazy? Did he already? Did they already hand that award out? The Coach of the Year. If I, I if if they have I missed it, but if if they don't get let's say they do let's say that's still an option, and this just goes to show you like college baseball is obviously of the three major sports the th- probably third on our list of sports that we actually go in depth with but you know we do the best we can with what time we have but I I really feel like you'd have to give it to Dave Van Horn if you're going to give anybody coach of the year throughout all of NCAA baseball it's got to go to Dave Van Horn. I mean, they were not picked to do this. They weren't picked to no. go to Omaha. They sure as heck weren't picked to, to you know, to, to even host a Super. And it's just been extraordinary. And what he's done with pitching, how he's bringing those guys along and uh, hitting, you know, the, the little changes he made with the batting order, switching guys around. I think he switched the six and the nine spot around after, uh, what was that, Texas A&M? I can't remember. But, like, they have just these little tweaks here and there and, and – Although I was a little ugh, on that on on pulling Nolan, I really kind of wanted to see him come out another inning because he's he's always starts out slow. He always it always takes Connor a few batters to actually get in rhythm. But then the way that game, the way it went, the way the rest of that inning went, you know, like I got it. Like yeah, you had to pull him, and Dave Van Horn knows right. more than any of us. But but then with like I said with Wicklander, or excuse me, yeah, when he pulled Wicklander, who was given what 
I don't even think an inning and a half. When he pulled him, I was on board. And then Scroggins, like you said, was incredible. Scroggins right. was just incredible. And Arkansas, I mean, we previewed him. I think Arkansas has the ability to go far in Omaha. The pitching, they're not going to be facing SEC teams every single night. I think Arkansas has the opportunity here. Almost. <laughs> to get to the championship series. Yes. If they can get Almost past Florida other. State. Yes. Every other game. Yeah. I think Arkansas has the opportunity here to make it far to in Omaha. They've already made it here. There's eight teams left. At least three games to get to the uh, championship series. I, I don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Does Arkansas get to the uh, championship series this year? I was just gonna. I was just gonna comment. I really. I. I. My problem is Wicklander, and and Connor Nolan. They're freshmen, in that those are your those are your day two and day three guys. They're freshmen, and while I sit here and compliment, especially Connor Nolan, it's I just have a hard time seeing them going on the road. Now, if, let's say in a dream world, this this thing was in let's say the College World Series was in Fayetteville. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd take Arkansas to win the whole thing. I'm sure anybody would with their with their team at home. I'm sure anybody would, but. As far as like my confidence and their ability to pitch in those big games in front of you know basically a, a neutral crowd, I mean let's be honest, Arkansas is going to take over Omaha, especially when they're playing. It's going to be a sea of red, but it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be uh, uh, the same. It's not going to be home. It's not going to be the home stadium. No. So I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to say right now no, because. Again, going back to how iffy the bullpen has kind of been this year, I do think they were kind of unfairly picked apart, you know, during the regular season. But we got to remember that that was SEC. I mean, nobody who's a freshman is going to be consistent in the SEC as a pitcher. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody, but it's really hard to do. The SEC Absolutely. is just chock full. Uh, it's basically minor league baseball. Uh, and you're asking an 18, 19 year old kid to come up on that mound in front of all those people and and uh, you know pitch as close to perfect as you can because that's what's expected at this league or at this level. Uh, they got it from Zay and Isaiah Campbell. I'm just I feel like whoever plays Isaiah Campbell, I don't care how good you are at hitting, you're going to struggle against Campbell. I'd say oh, yeah. yeah, they should win that one, whatever matchup that is. But which I'm assuming is yeah Florida State. But then after that, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I. I they got to play eventually. The, the road to, to the championship is going to be through an SEC team, and that's what kind of makes you nervous a little bit. If it's Auburn, depending on the matchup, who's pitching, yeah, I, okay, they should win that one, I would, I would think. But then again, it's, my God, it's Omaha. Anything can happen. Right now I'm going to say no. But I'm really happy they got to, to Omaha. This is number 10. They're part of that 10 and up crowd now, which is awesome. You know, it just kind of goes to show you the the history and the tradition Arkansas has in, in baseball. Absolutely. But it, to me, anything else is a cherry on top. Of course, I want them to win the championship. Of course. But I I just don't know. I really don't. Because of the youth. Uh, you know, the hitting I'm not really that concerned about. But, you know, when they really struggled hitting, it was on the road. When they yep. were away from Bomb Stadium, they – Really, towards the le- the end of the the season on the road, they just could they couldn't hit anybody. An average 
pitcher could come on that mound, and I know, again, the SEC is, you know, an average pitcher would probably be great in any other conference, but still, away from Vaughn, they, they, they really struggled hitting the ball. And uh, I, I just, I don't know. Right now, I'm going to say no. I hope they get past Florida State. At least don't don't get an early exit. Stick around as long as they can, and then we'll just have to wait and see. Right. Well, Ty, uh, we're going to go to break here. Uh, War Machine's up next, guys. Y'all stay tuned in for him. Razorback fans, welcome back to the Yellow Jacket Drive-In Studios. This is Jacob, the host from Arkansas Hog Pen, and we're here today with Ty Hudson again from Pigtrail Network. Today we have special guest War Machine from uh, from YouTube. You know him. He, I mean, he's made every single Razorback highlight video of every single win, and in almost the history of of TV, uh, recorded TV. I mean, any anything you can think of, War Machine probably has it. So, War Machine, how you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm doing great. How about y'all? Man, we're wonderful. Doing well, especially after uh, after what we just witnessed. Uh, it's always great to beat the snot out, snot out of Ole Miss at anything, yeah, uh, especially in their se- season. So, yeah, put an end to their season, and uh, it felt even better when you the things I heard about what their their fans were doing in the at oh, Bomb yeah. Stadium, and then apparently they're – I didn't know this because I listened to the game on radio, but I guess they were coming out of the dugout every time they hit a home run and celebrating, which is kind of a unwritten rule in baseball that, you know, when you're the host, you, you don't do that. Uh, that's at least according to my dad, and I, I, I thought that yeah. was interesting, a pretty interesting take, and I didn't realize that, and it kind of makes me wonder if maybe that's why Arkansas came out just a little PO'd and wanted to take care of business. I don't know, but yeah. Was, Here – here lately, here lately, there's been a lot of unwritten rules broken uh, throughout baseball, whether it's major leagues, high school, college, whatever. I mean, like the Ole Miss guys coming out of the dugout after home runs or, or bunting uh, through a no-hitter bid, you know. It's just, it's not, you know, you got to have a little bit of respect for, for your opponent, especially your, I mean, act like you've been there before. Ole Miss isn't like a team that's just not torn up. I mean, they're just coming along. I mean, Ole Miss and Arkansas have a rivalry in baseball going back for many, many years. You gotta act like you know, act like you've been there before. And I think that's the problem with Ole Miss in every sport. <laughs> if I want to take, if I'm gonna dog Ole Miss in any way, act like you've been there before. You've been there in football. You've been there in basketball. You've been there in baseball. You don't see Arkansas doing that. I mean, you don't see many other teams doing that. If you think about it, have they really been there in football or basketball? Football, it's been since the uh, Archie the Manning. Bowl. Yeah. A few years ago, but technically it didn't happen. Right. We're going to be cheerful here. But Jeez. living over here in Delta, there's a lot of their fans over here. So hearing how they acted did not surprise me whatsoever because that's just kind of how they act on a daily basis. Yeah, that's that's. I feel like you guys over there on that side of the state, you know, over there on the, over there in uh, the eastern side of the state, you you feel like Ole Miss to you and probably Mississippi State also are like what Oklahoma and Oklahoma State fans are to us over here on the west side of the state. Like, it's not, it's different because you guys have conference. There's a conference affiliation there, and with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, obviously they're in the Big Twelve, but 
Like fans over here just do not like OU, especially OU fans. They just they're they're already kind of look. Your fellow content creator, you're a YouTuber like I am. Some of the worst fans I've ever had interactions with on YouTube or in comment section are from they're OU. OU fans are they're just toxic. I don't know what it is. They think they're God's gift to Earth. They are a phenomenal football program. No one's going to debate that. But so I'm sure you. I get what you're saying because uh, yeah. Ole Miss and Mississippi State are already annoying as it is, and I couldn't imagine being as close to them as you are. Well, Mississippi State, there aren't too many of them, but the Ole Miss is bad. And to go back to the OU thing, remember last year after they beat them in the PK-80, they kept yeah. going. Even They had, like, reporters, oh, well, it's a fluke. And yeah. then they ended up going, like, 18 and 15. So, <laughs> really, it wasn't really a fluke. <laughs> yeah, Arkansas was better, so yes. deal with it. <laughs> Well, talk about the whole – earlier this season, Arkansas beat Indiana in basketball. I mean, oh. Indiana fans were going on your uh, videos and, and – That was a lot of fun. And then and I was up there in the upper deck at Bud Walton. And every time I go to a game with my dad, I, I'm terrified or I'm pretty sure we're going to end up in a brawl with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even remember what they were saying. He just started going at them, and I just joined in just for the heck of it. But yeah, they were uh, they were doing the same thing as OU fans. It's a fluke, blah blah blah. You come up here, the Bloomington will kill you. Um, next year won't be, you know, be like a twenty-five point game. Yada yada yada. I mean, they were just the salt was unreal. They were. You're right. Yeah, they took to Twitter, and I was kind of surprised because I've never had any. Obviously, down here in Arkansas, we don't interact much with folks in that no. part of the country. But I was kind of surprised by how just all the the. You know, we try to we try to keep it family friendly here, but uh, all the quote unquote crap they were talking. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wanted to use another word there, but I was really surprised. Like they were really coming in pretty hard. I would say more so than I really expected. And you know, I, I part of me wanted to wanted them to clobber them in the uh, in the NITs. Gafford well, would have played. I think they would have. But what yeah, was yeah. crazy to me about the IU thing is that okay, you expect fans to do stuff like that, but. Even their official athletic site and their article was being salty. It was it was pretty unprofessional, I thought. But wow. That's just me. I can't remember exactly what they said. I'll have to pull it up. But it it was something saying that last – basically said the last foul call was, for lack of a better term, crap. That's not exactly what they said. But they were being bitter about it. It was <laughs> – I don't know. It was, it was just weird to me. I'm like, you lost a one-point game on the road in November. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, but I think they're still salty when uh, one of the worst coaches in basketball history at Arkansas knocked them out of the NCAA tournament all those years ago. Maybe (laughs) maybe they're still mad about that. Oh, goodness. That was funny. Um, funny. Yeah, I think Indiana was actually favored in that game, if I remember right. By eight. They were the eight seed, yeah, and Arkansas was the nine. Then Sonny Waynes just said no. He had a full day on him. That was magical. I, I I was really surprised. I really thought Pell was going to work out after that, and obviously. Oh, we were, yeah. And then the when the next year started, and then it was went away just like that. Thanos snapped his fingers, and there it went. Yeah. Right. Well, while we're on the topic of uh, well, you know, I brought up being a fellow YouTuber. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you before we get into the to the little bit of baseball and a little bit of football later, but what. What is what's your plan for your channel? Because you have you've got a legit following on YouTube and on Twitter, and I have I've, I've kind of been curious like what your next what's the next thing you want to do with your channel, or, or are you fine with it the way it is? Uh, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot myself actually. Um, currently, I'm good with 
the way it is right now, I've tried to do the new thing, you know, with the player highlights um, from the past. Like Madre Hill, I uploaded his today. Saw that. And then I'm going to try to do a few. I got a few other guys already ready to go. I might try to do some older basketball guys. Um, I did the thing recently. I did the best of, you know, Holtz at Phil Petrino. I might do something similar with Nolan and Eddie, but those, I don't know, those will be really long. Um, I think I'm going to start uploading losses. That may be the next thing I do. Like, not all of them, though. It's going to be like from classic games, like the, the sits over time game of Tennessee. It's going to have to be games like that. I'm not going to go around and upload you no know, 70 to 17 loss to USC or anything. Oh, gosh. I was <laughs> just, there. At that just, one. just things that, like, there's no footage of on YouTube. Just, I teach history. So I think it's important for these things to be up for history's sake. And that's kind of the angle I'm going to play with it. I don't know. It's mainly because I've kind of ran out of stuff to upload, to be honest with you. Um, I've got a guy that I'm supposed to be getting like 50 something football and basketball wins from. And when eventually I get those from him, I will have highlights up of every single football win since 1998. Um, And that's been a goal of mine for a while. Now it's mainly coaches showing and stuff, but that's fine. I mean, it's footage. Um, but other than that, I don't really, I can't really figure out what else I need to do with it. I've thought about going and maybe doing breakdowns after games, like breaking down certain plays, but I don't know. I haven't really put a ton of thought to that. If if you do losses, one of the most painful losses that I'm sure you guys witnessed and, and Jacob, I can't remember if you and I have talked about it, but the, the infamous Clint Sterner fumble against Tennessee. that That will never happen. That uh, I, I will never. That's on the list that will never make it on there. Leave I, the memories alone. It would. Well, he would get a lot of views from Tennessee fans, I'm sure, yeah. and the and well, Peyton Manning fans. But that one, I think Tennessee fans have a bunch of highlights up of already. I, I'm trying to stay away from stuff that other content creators have made. Yeah. Um, just that's kind true. of a respect thing, uh, just to them, because you know. And then that one, like I said, I just. I could go without ever seeing that ever again the rest of my life. Oh, my gosh. That was so brutal. That and Reggie Fish and then the not the block and the punt and the sugar bowl and not scooping and scoring. Yeah. Or the phantom pass interference call or the phantom, uh, what is that? It was a unnecessary roughness. Yeah, the dude dude went after him, and Malcolm literally just lowered his shoulder to keep from getting plowed over and then – they call out. Did you notice today? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, War Machine. Did you notice today that TJ LSU dad? I'm, I'm sure you guys know who he is. He's oh, yeah. probably their version of like, he's their fan made content creator guy. Maybe similar to me, I guess. I don't know. I don't think he has a YouTube channel. He's obviously a lot bigger than I am. A lot more well known. I'm kind of a speck on the on the window compared to him, but he he put out a tweet today. He showed a video of how the SEC hates Arkansas, and he's shown it several times because you know he goes in on this Alabama. What does he call it? Alabama. Alabama privilege. Alabama privilege. Yeah, sorry. And he was showing a video. I guess this started off with an Alabama. Uh, a bad call in a game. I, don't, I, I didn't actually watch the footage, but then he posted another video, and it was just like, the SEC hates Arkansas. <laughs> I thought every Arkansas fan is just like, yeah, no, we know this. We're we're very well aware of how much the SEC and the NCAA hate us. Well, it was probably uh, – I think I've seen that video before. It was probably from the Alabama game this past year where I think it was Sosa game was literally being headlocked 
and they didn't call holding at all. Uh, and like, Dorian Gerald too, yeah. hands to the face. They, uh, I just found it. It was an hour ago before we started stream or before we started recording. He sa- he says they hate LS or they hate Arkansas. It's it's not the most rigged SEC game of all time, but it's definitely second runner up. It's the 2009 Arkansas and Florida debacle. What you guys were just talking about, I think. Yeah, yes. it was the Petrino. So yeah, it's. I think it's pretty well. <laughs> I don't know how we got on this topic, but it is true. It is true. Well, blood pressure is raising already. Just simply. You just simply saying the words 2009 Florida has my blood pressure on hypertension level right now. That was, yes. oh, that was Being, uh, that's the one game I'll, I will always be angry about. I can, I've gotten over most losses, but that one I don't think I'll ever be able to get over. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, I like lately the, the loss that always burned me the most was our only BCS appearance in the Sugar Bowl against Ohio State. That one hurt. It hurt, and like I remember being so mad. Anytime I I saw the the Ohio State logo anywhere, I just wanted to like spit on it. I was so angry, especially with those you know the players that should have been suspended. And uh, I think it was um, I forgot who dropped that first pass from Ryan Adams. It was Joe Adams. You're right, Joe Adams. He would have been gone. He would have been. That would have been six points. And but it took me some time. But I'm finally like, you know what? At least we made a BCS bowl. And I, I hate to have that mentality or that attitude towards it but i finally kind of got over it so after the last seven years it makes you really appreciate i think that that. yeah yeah you could be on to something that could really uh ease the pain a little bit watch your team get beat 44 to 7 by north texas it kind of gives you a perspective (laughs) on things the week week after you blow an 18 point lead to three and nine colorado state team oh yes uh, now someone tweeted out today i think it was john uh I always pronounce his last name. Is it Neighbors? Yes. Yeah, John Neighbors, yeah. He tweeted out if he, he should, you know, live stream the last out. I'm like, no, don't do it. I saw that, yeah. 14-1 <laughs> game, but don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Anything can happen, John. It's going to be your fault, buddy. Uh, next next thing we want to talk about really fast. Um, it's always good to – I like interviewing you because you're a content creator. You're a YouTuber like I am. There's not very many Razorback content creators, uh, and there's only – I. There's only like what two or three uh, Razorback highlight creators, and you're obviously the one that stands out the most. Uh, but transitioning to the very subject we're talking about with football, um, what you know, you're one. You just talked about the loss to North Texas and right. losing the Colorado State game. What? How do you feel? I don't want to ask you win totals. You can give that if if you want. But do you think they can? double triple their wins like what are what are your thoughts in 2019 do they do they improve do they take the right step in the right direction i think after watching the spring game they are definitely improved now how much i don't i don't know they um it was nice to actually just simply line up and be able to run plays without looking confused uh, i mean it's crazy how just simply that it was great um Skill guy wise, I think they're they're set. I mean, Trey Knotts is going to be an absolute monster, and they don't even have all those freshmen on campus yet. Uh, Burks apparently is one of the greatest athletes to ever come out of Arkansas, so I'm really excited to see him. Uh, you got CJ CJ O'Grady at tight end. You got Rakeem, um, Devoir Whaley. I think they're set there as far as skill guys. The biggest question, which it always is, is the old line. Um, because I think at quarterback they'll be okay. Um, skill guy, skill wise, I think um, Story and um, Hicks are about the same. But Hicks obviously knows the offense. 
defense. And that's a huge, huge plus. I think talent-wise, Starkle is bad. I think eventually he'll beat them out, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, but the line's going to be the question. Always is. It seems like it's been that way the last few years. Ever since um, Sam Pittman left, it's been a question mark. Um, if that if the O-line's better, the offense will be better. There's no doubt about that. Even with them not being much better, they'll be improved. Defensively, the D-line looked good, but again, I don't know if that's because the O-line was bad or not. But I also had to remind myself the O-line was missing like three starters. Uh, linebacker depth is a concern. The secondary looks solid. They got some good young players. I think overall, yeah, they'll get more than two wins. Um, I'm willing to say at least four, and they got a good chance to sneak up on some people, maybe get five or six. I don't know if I'd go more than six and six right now. I just I haven't seen enough to make that call yet. And after last year when you interviewed me and I said seven and five like a moron, I don't really want to. I just didn't realize how bad the talent level was. I just didn't realize how low it had gotten as far as team speed and just depth. And I just didn't realize the buy-in either wasn't there. The culture just wasn't there. And it's, it's crazy how coaching is just, you don't realize how important it is until you're actually in a locker room. And it's just, I think the buy-in's more there this year and that will make a big difference. Yeah. I, I don't remember what I said. I think it was something similar. I think it was either six and six or seven and five. Everybody was fooled. I, I think everyone in Arkansas media, no matter how big or small, had Arkansas as a as a bowl eligible team. And you know why not? Even though they'd gone four wins the year before, you still felt like, well, you know, Chad Morris is this offensive. You know, he's got a really high offensive IQ, and they got John Chavis as defense coordinator, and you got Scooter and Dre. Greenlot linebackers and uh, Sosa defensive line. You just felt like the pieces were there to at least get a to be bowl eligible, but that didn't turn out to that didn't turn out to be the you case. Look at at the, I mean, you look at the non-conference, you just assume four wins. Yeah, yeah, North Texas won nine games, but they really weren't any better than some of the previous Tulsa teams that had come in. It was just one of those days where Cole Kelly couldn't throw it to anybody that was wearing red. Um, but I won't get into Cole Kelly. There's no need to bash on him. But, you know, uh, it just was just one of the worst possible days you could have as a football team. I don't know. Yep. It just – to me, they got better as the year went until the Ole Miss game. And even Chad oh, yeah. is he said as soon as we lost that game is when we kind of started losing guys. And you could tell. And you got it. I mean, at that point, they were 1-5 and five or 1-6, and six, something like that. You know, you just blew a big lead to a beatable SEC team. You know, just that was a bad luck game. You you lost your team, you lost Deadwall, you lost Ty, who was playing really well. That was just just crappy luck all around in that one. But it is what it is. You know, that's a good thing about football. There's another year. Oh yeah, there's always next year. Yeah. And we've been Which, saying that for the last eight. <laughs> yeah, but it really can't get much worse than it was this past year. At least yeah. I never thought I'd see us go from eleven and two and number five to two and ten, and within seven years, it's just. It, it's crazy. Yeah. So, real quick, you know, what a what are you thinking about Musselman? Do you think he was a good hire? I like the guy a lot. Uh, I like that he uses analytics to motivate his guys. Um, he seems very detail oriented, very high energy. That might be an understatement to say he's very high energy. Between him and Chad Morris, there might not be a Red Bull within thirty miles of. Fayetteville. Uh, <laughs> They're running out out here. There's a shortage. Uh, I think his tactic of bringing in all these transfers is interesting. I'm anxious to see how all that pays off. 
especially if they can get this kid from Virginia Tech to go along with the talent they got coming back. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm hesitant on everybody nowadays because when Bielema was hired on paper, it was a great hire. It just didn't work out. So I'm just kind of a wait-and-see mode right now, although I really like the guy a lot. So I like Chad Morris a lot too, but right now the jury is obviously still out. Well, so what's – oh, sorry, Ty. Well, I was just going to say really quick, you know, with I have a theory on on Chad Morris, and I think I've talked with Jacob about it. Maybe it was Jacob. I can't remember, but I'm not going to go there yet. Maybe when we're done recording, I'll, I'll <laughs> I'm not really ready to say what I'm going to say because I know on my channel I'm going to catch some heat. But I have a theory on on Chad, and I and I wonder if, and maybe you guys will kind of see where I'm going with it, but. We've already been burned since, obviously, since Nolan Richardson with Stan Heath and Pell, and obviously uh, uh, Mike Anderson in the long run didn't work out. And it makes you wonder if this is another kind of in between piece before maybe they, maybe he brings in some okay talent because we know this upcoming class is really important and really good and stock full of talent, and and he's bringing in all these transfers. It makes you wonder a little bit if he's kind of an in between guy, you know, in between the next guy which they've all been since Nolan Richardson. I mean, let's be real. We're still waiting on that next guy unless he's it, unless his, like, like you said, war machine about, you know, bringing in the, all these, these grad transfers and just all these transfers in general, maybe it works out and, and it, he's not building a, a house of cards. He's, he's building something that's going to be stable for the long run. And I don't think we'll ever, I don't know in our lifetimes if we'll ever have another Nolan Richardson or not. I, I don't feel like we do. Maybe that's the, pessimism in me i don't know I, i'm usually a glasses half full kind of guy but I, I don't know that we'll ever see that again but maybe muscleman will be maybe he'll he'll build something into you know arkansas being a respectable basketball program and actually get us to the tournament and go beyond you know i don't know the first two rounds but i i just kind of i have this this curiosity as to whether or not like if he's going to be the guy and how long hunter your really you know hangs on to him does he keep him around if, if it doesn't work out and, and his his way of bringing in talent and maybe it just – I don't know. It just seems kind of like you said. I'm in wait-and-see mode as well. I like his I like his approach. I really do, and I like him as a, as a, as a guy and as a coach. But I guess I'm, I'm just like you. I'm in wait-and-see mode, and I'm, I'm really skeptical. And these last – really, this last decade has just kind of built me up like so many other Razorback fans where I just don't know. Well, are, are you kind of in the same realm? Like maybe you feel like he's an in-between guy or he could possibly be a stable or, or, or could be someone that sticks around a while? Are you talking about Muss or Chad? M Muscleman, sorry. Oh, okay. Well, um, I don't man, I don't know. I, I really don't. I wish I could give you a good answer. I just, again, I don't know. After all, everything that's happened in the last few years, I just, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I kind of just throw my hands up and whatever happens, happens. Um, I can see that. I see what you're saying on that. I thought you were talking about Chad for a second because I could see that with Chad Morris. Too. I lump him in the same in the same category because of I, I don't know why. When I'm thinking about it out loud, I'm like, wait a minute. They, well, it kind of feels like the same because they both have pretty. Would you would you compare his his recruiting tactics, like going after these grad or going after transfers, and then the success that that Chad Morris has had recruiting, going after the kind of talent we've. I mean, let's be real. It's been a while since we've seen this kind of talent. But then you see two and ten. It makes well, you wonder where does he belong in the you know the list of coaches. 
I don't know if you can necessarily count his first year against him because look at Bobby's first year. Um, sorry, I didn't meet my phone. Look at Bobby's first year. Uh, they went five and seven, but they easily could have been zero and twelve. Yeah, they could. Look at yeah. it. Um, and now, granted, they also on the flip side could have been eight and four. Uh, I don't know. I think it's too early to tell with Chad because the cupper was left so daggum bare. Um, but he could also be another Danny Ford kind of guy where he builds the talent level back up but can't quite get over the hump and leaves it loaded for a Houston nut type to come in and thrive with it. I don't know. It's just I think we'll know a lot more about Coach Morris after this year and next year as far as the direction of the program. And then Musselman, we might find out this year um, because there's a lot of talent coming back, and then these grad transfers seem pretty talented. So we'll see. I'm excited either way. I, I think the future's bright, or potentially bright, for both. Yeah, I agree. Well, War Machine, it was good having you on tonight, man. We we really appreciate you being here. Yeah, no, anytime. Just holler at me whenever. I can't wait to watch that that uh, video of uh, uh, that you dropped today. Uh, Madre oh. Hill, I, he has the. Uh, I think he still has the single game touchdown record, right, against South Carolina, like five touchdowns. Six. Uh, six. Yeah, Someone six, broke seven. it. Ryan Mallett, well, yeah, he has to uh, – Well, for running backs, I mean. Yeah, Ryan Mallett got close to it or something like that. I think Ryan Mallett had five or six in the game once. That's pretty like, incredible. I think Andre has the, still has the record. For rushing, I think Brandon Allen ended up having seven. Yeah, Brandon, yeah, but the overall – Yeah, the overall was, record belongs to Brandon Allen, but the rushing record for a running back to have – I think yeah. it, was, it was it was five or six, but that was incredible. Yeah, it was six. Guys, Alex Collins got close. That's yeah. incredible. That Brandon yeah. Allen performance was something else. I was there for that, and it's too bad it ended the way it did with the bot field goal, but he was sensational that night. Oh, yeah, he was. So, Razorback Nation, uh, thank you for joining in tonight. This was War Machine. Uh, Jacob and Ty, uh, man, War Machine, thanks for joining us, man. Great talking. If you haven't, if you haven't yet, which honestly, if you're a Razorback fan, you need to tune in to War Machine's Twitter. I mean, uh, YouTube, because he has fantastic, fantastic videos, highlights of almost uh, the past three, three or four decades of Razorback football, baseball, basketball, any kind of sport there you can think of. You just no water it, you polo know. yet. What's the deal, War Machine? No water polo. Oh. Well, well, He'll have to work on that. One day. One day I'll get there. I'll run out of footage, <laughs> run out for other sports, so I'll get the water polo eventually. <laughs> All right, guys. For Jacob, Ty, and War Machine, this was the Hog Talk Episode 5. Shelby Taylor Trucking has been around Grant County and Sheridan, Arkansas for well over 50 years. They've given you the opportunity to clear your land, collect timber, and they have developed all over Grant County and Sheridan, Arkansas. You need deer land? Call Shelby Taylor Trucking. Need to clear land for a house? Call Shelby Taylor Trucking. Shelby, Bobby, and all the guys at Shelby Taylor Trucking are ready to help you out with all your timber needs. Call them today, 942-7288. TMK Properties is your premier real estate agency for people looking for homes in Sheridan, Arkansas, and all of Grant County. Mary Kay, Tony, Laysan, Jenica, and Lee are there to assist you and do everything they can to make your home buying experience smooth as possible. Their phone number for their office is 870-942-0800. At McCoy Tiger Joe, they are your one-stop shop for all your needs, whether it's prescriptions, jewelry, t-shirts, and more. You can get it all here 
They have your shingles, pneumonia, tetanus, and all shots under the sun, and all the prescription drugs you need. At 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas, Sparky, Casey, and the whole gang are ready to assist you in all your needs. Call them today at 870-942-5121. The Yellow Jacket Drive-In of Sheridan gives you fast, friendly service and burgers that will please your palates. Ice cream that would treat you like no other. Their food is cooked to order, and it's definitely not fast food at all. Always fresh and never frozen, the Yellow Jacket Drive-In, located at 100 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas. Call your order in ahead, 870-942-2486. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.